Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who've experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Listen in for tangible tips and advice for growing your business from those who have been there. Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Today's guest is Natalie Barbu, an influencer turned entrepreneur. She began her social media career in 2011 on YouTube in the beauty guru phase. She has grown her following to over 360,000 followers through her platforms, made it her full-time job, and pivoted multiple times in her journey. She is the host of The Real Real Podcast, a show where she speaks to entrepreneurs, business leaders, creators, and everyone in between talking about the real real, not just the highlight reel. She's the CEO and founder of Rella, a management tool made for influencers to run their business. This is such a fun episode. We talk about being a first-time founder at the age of 25, growing not only your audience, but building a community, balancing your time as an entrepreneur, advice for those looking to get into influencer marketing from a brand side as well as an influencer side, trends in social media and the influencing space, starting up her business, the true power of networking, and so much more. So tune in. I hope you enjoy this episode. As you all know, we are now in season three of Made It Happen podcast, and I'm so excited to announce our brand new merch for the show. You can see all the options on our website at madeithappenpod.com, as well as in the show notes to shop now. If you do, make sure to post on social media, tag us so we see and can share, and thank you so much for the support. Okay, thank you so much for joining me here today, Natalie, and I'm so excited to be hearing about your journey as an entrepreneur and your business, and just thank you so much for coming on Made It Happen. Of course, thanks for having me. So how about we start off with having you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, so I have been on social media since I was 15 years old. So since 2011, it'll almost be 11 years of me being on social media. And I started out on YouTube in the beauty guru days where people were posting about makeup and fashion. And that's kind of where I got my start. And I fell in love with just like posting online and having a community online. And that was back when it was still like stranger danger. Like you don't want to post too much on the internet. Like I don't know, like being an influencer was not a thing yet. So, but I really, really loved it. And I stuck with it all throughout high school, college, even after college. And I was able to do it full-time three years ago. So quit my job, did social media full-time. And I ended up starting a business called Rella. So Rella is a centralized management app for influencers to run their business. And when I was doing it full-time, I started getting frustrated that there wasn't like anything out there to help me manage my business that was made for influencers specifically. And so that's kind of where I came up with Rella. And so we've been building that for the past year-ish, year and a half. And it finally launched like our very first like basic version last month. But yeah, I feel like I'm like social media influencer turned entrepreneur is like a good tagline for, for what I've been doing. 
Amazing. Well, and there's so much I want to dive into there. I guess to start off, you know, you talked a little bit about how it started on YouTube and it was sort of before the influencer days, but what sort of made you decide to get into that industry, you know, before it was even influencing, what sort of, you know, drove you to that sort of passion? Yeah. So I remember vividly like watching my first YouTube video that was um, of like other girls like me, you know? And so I remember watching it in my dad's office because I didn't have, I don't think I had a computer of my own at that time. So I was watching it in my dad's office and I was like watching these like girls put on makeup and show what they're wearing to school and like show their room tour. And it looked like people that were like me. I was like, oh, we're like all around the same age, living in the suburbs, like in high school. And I was like, okay, I can, I can do something like this. Like this looks fun. And so I was just bored one day and I decided to film my first video on a laptop with a camera on it and edited it. I think it was like on photo booth. And then I went to iMovie to edit it. And that's kind of how I got started. And it was a makeup tutorial. And I remember getting like three subscribers that day. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, I can't believe people are watching me. And so I just kind of fell in love with that community feel where people started commenting and like subscribing and I would comment on other people's stuff. And at that time you could message people on YouTube and this was before Instagram too. So there was no Instagram at the time. And, and it was just really fun for me. And I never thought of it as a business at all, but it was just so much fun for me. And I just loved like connecting with other people who did it and other people that were watching. And that was kind of how I got hooked on it, but it was purely out of boredom that I started. Well, it's definitely so fun. And I love when it is sort of like those relatable videos and that's sort of what drives it. And do you want to talk about too, you know, then once you sort of started getting into it, how was it that you really built that community and that following that, you know, you were able to sort of carry on? So do you want to tell us a little bit about how that happened? Yeah. So I remember I had like a hundred subscribers and I hit 100 subscribers after a few weeks of being on YouTube. And I did a whole giveaway of like, this is the best day of my life. I cannot believe I hit a hundred subscribers. Like it was so cool for me. And so I've always felt like the people that follow you, even from the beginning, like you really need to maintain those relationships and like cherish that community, if you will. Like you really need to pay attention to them, whether you have 10 or three, or you have a hundred or a thousand or a hundred thousand. And so I think for me, I always wanted to get to know the people that were following me. So I would always try to message them and, you know, hear their feedback and email them at the time. And eventually as like more social media channels started happening, I would, I would even, I remember have them on like Snapchat and like Snapchat, my followers and things like that. And so I was always talking to them and like treating them like they were my friends in a way, like obviously not a hundred percent because like you don't want to put your entire life out there, but I would treat them like we knew each other in real life and like we were friendly. And so I think that that's one thing that you have to maintain from when you start is whether you have five people watching you, you need to get to know those five people because then as you grow, you're going to start having so much more of like a deeper community with the people that you do have. And so that's what I think. I've never had a viral growth. Like I've had a slow and steady growth the entire time, but throughout that entire time, I have felt really, really invested in the people that do follow me and like watch my stuff and support me. And I really want to get to know them and like provide value and and feel like we're friends. And so I think you have to start that when you're smaller and then kind of continue that pattern as you grow. Yeah. And I think that's definitely really great advice. And, you know, 
even with growing a business, I think it's sort of the same, you know, really appreciating the customers you have and, and those followers. So that's great to sort of hear that growth there. And, you know, then you said, you know, it got to that point where you were able to take it full time. And so when was that sort of point when you knew, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then made that transition. Yeah. So I never thought that I could do it full time, like full transparency. I was doing it for like eight years and not being able to do it full time. So I was like, this is going to be a hobby for me forever. And that's okay. Cause like, I love it, but like, I'm not doing it full time ever. Um, and so it, what really changed for me was during school, I started growing kind of a lot during college, like my last like two years in college, I started growing. It still wasn't enough to do it full time financially. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get a job, do it on the side, like maybe in a few years, like I can do this and something else. Um, but I always wanted to like start my own business one day. I never, ever wanted to just be an influencer. Not to say that being an influencer is not, you know, you're an entrepreneur in, an, in your own sense, but like, I never just wanted to do that. Like, I felt like being a content creator influencer was always a way that it's going to open doors for me. And it's always a good like stepping stone, but that was not ever like my end goal. And so whenever I went to get my full-time job as a in a consulting firm, I started posting more videos. I started really like, connecting with my audience and like that working corporate, like relatable vlogs. And I started growing a lot. And so at one point I started making more money on social media than I was on in my full-time job. And so that was when I was like, this is the perfect time to quit and like focus on whatever else I want to do and whatever else I want to build. Cause I couldn't focus on like starting a business while working a full-time job and doing social media. It was just like not possible. And so once I was financially secure with social media is when I decided to like take the leap and quit and then focus on like starting a business. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I think that definitely makes sense. And, you know, really it makes it clear sort of when that time is to make that transition. And, you know, then you said, you know, you found that there wasn't a platform that, you know, you really needed as an influencer and couldn't find one. And that's sort of where your business came from. So do you want to tell us a little bit about those first startup stages, you know, from when you had the idea to um, actually, you know, implementing the business? Yeah. So I first had the idea. I remember talking to someone about it and being like, there is no like good social media management tool for influencers. Like there's just nothing that we use. We all use Excel or we use like project management tools like Notion or ClickUp or things like that, that like are not made for content creators and they're fine, but they're not like optimized for us. And as the influencer industry continues to grow, our businesses continue to grow on social media. And so there needs to be something out there for people like us because it is a full-time business. And so that was where the idea sparked. I didn't hundred percent know what it was going to look like, but I started like brain dumping and I, I got a Google doc out and started writing everything that I wanted it to be. So I was like, I want this app to have this, 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 and this, I want it to look like this. I want this to be my audience. And so I just started like putting it in a doc. And then I started looking up, how do I build an app? Like, I'm not technical. I don't know how to code. I'm like, how do I even do this? Like, I don't even know like what this entails. Like this was so far out of my comfort zone and so far out of what I was good at. That was really scary, but I just started talking to people. And so I started talking to other developers. I started like interviewing developers right away. And I know that maybe that's like not the best first step, but I was really grateful that I started talking to them because I was like, okay, what is this going to cost? Like, first of all, like, do I even have the money to do something like this? And so I started talking to developers and interviewing them. And I started getting kind of getting a feel of how much this would cost me to make. But then I was like, but I'm like an app. It's not just like a one and done thing. Like you're constantly evolving and growing. And so I knew I would need co-founders. I was like, I need someone that's invested in this with me. 
And so that's where I, I started asking friends. I was like, do you know anyone who develops apps? Because I would trust, you know, a friend's recommendation over just like a random Google search. And so one of my friends knew someone who had developed a software consultancy where they were developing apps. And so I had reached out to them, started talking to them. And then at first we started working together as like a project basis. I was like, okay, we're going to start working together just like not as co-founders, but just as like, I'll pay you to kind of help me start this. And then we just worked really well together. They wanted to form a partnership with me and I felt the same way with like having them join Rella. And so that's how we kind of started working on it together. But it was a lot of just like having the idea, brain dumping what I wanted it to look like, and then talking to people that were better than me and smarter than me and, and like things that I didn't know about and like getting, getting their advice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that definitely, you know, makes sense and is a great place to start for anyone who's like looking to start a business. And then, you know, since then, and, you know, even just since the launch of it, has there been sort of any challenges that you've really had to overcome in the process, you know, with the, with the startup of the business? Yeah. So, I mean, we are for, we're all first time founders, like me and my two co-founders. And so there is so much we don't know. Like, I mean, even the whole like incorporating it, what's the best way to incorporate a startup because we, what's the best way to, to, to raise money? What's the best vehicle to raise money? There's even like so many different ways that you can raise and on like a comfortable note or a safe or just a priced equity round or what is pre-seed? What does that mean? What, what should our MVP look like? Like, we didn't know anything. And so I think that is the hardest challenge of figuring things out along the way. We're not founders that have done this five times and like, oh yeah, we know what we're doing. Like we are first timers. I mean, my co-founders are even younger than I am by a few years. So we're all very young. And so a lot of it was just figuring things out along the way and asking again, people that are just smarter than us and like have been there before and done it before and have the experience. And so we've had so many, I don't, I, I can't even calculate like how many hours we've spent just asking people questions. Like that is probably half of my job is just asking people questions. Um, and so I think that's just one of the biggest challenges because other things like social media, for example, I'm good at, I know what I'm doing. I know the strategy. I know what to do with that. I don't have questions. People come and ask me questions with this. I don't know anything. So I'm like asking a bunch of people and learning along the way, but I, I've definitely learned a lot along the way and it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. And I think that's, it's definitely so important, you know, in those spaces to get that feedback and ask people who know. And so I think that that's definitely a great, you know, way to even build a business and that everyone sort of has to be willing to learn. And so is there sort of been, you know, that transition from, you know, being a full-time influencer into owning a business, was there sort of anything that really sort of surprised you or you didn't expect with that transition? Um, yes, I would say that right now. So when, when I have my corporate job, I was doing obviously that nine to five and then like social media, pretty much any free time I had. And I feel like I've reverted back to that. I do Rella all day, every day. And like, I have to pl do social media on the time, like other times, you know, it's like at night or on the weekends or in the mornings and like before I have meetings and things like that. So that has been really difficult for me, um, transitioning from like, being able to focus on social media all the time, whenever having such a flexible schedule and like being able to really grow my audience and all of that and like film as much as I want and post all the time. And now we're in a world where like on TikTok, you have to post like three times a day, you know, and it's just like so overwhelming. So that has been really hard for me to balance my social media and also like building this business because building this business is like my number one priority right now, but I never, ever, ever, ever want to stop on social media. So I'm like trying to find that balance of, what's realistic for me. Well, also it's my full-time income still. So like I still 
it's my full-time job at the same time. Like I pretty much just have two full-time jobs right now. So it's, that's been the hardest transition because I, yeah, I work for myself. So I have flexibility, but like, I have a team, like I have to report to them too. You know, it's not like I can, like, if I take off now, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry guys. Like, I'm not going to be on my computer at this time. Like, I feel like I'm like asking for time off, even though I am technically working for myself. So it's just kind of been like reverting back to that, like work mode all the time now. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's so funny too. Like, you know, when people think of entrepreneurs, it's like you are your, you do create your own hours and stuff, but like you said, there's still those, you know, there's things that need to be done and people that, you know, still need to know. And so it's, it's always interesting sort of hearing that side of it. And, you know, I think balancing time is, is big for all entrepreneurs trying to find that. Uh, do you have any sort of tips on anything that's worked for you in finding that balance? And I know it can be, it can be very hard, but has there been sort of anything that's really worked, um, on your end? Yeah. So planning things out ahead of time has helped so much because before I was kind of like, I would plan, but it'd kind of be like sporadic. Like, yeah, whenever I get something done or like, oh, I'll just start filming whenever. Now I'm like a very intense planner. So I know exactly the days I need to be filming and the days that I don't, I know exactly the time, like when things are due. So, okay, if this weekend I need to film and edit, like I need to know that, or I have someone that edits a lot of my videos for me now. And so I'll need to plan ahead to be like, okay, can she edit this in time for when this is due and things like that. So I will say that I plan a lot more now than I did before. And I do use Rella to like plan all my content, which has been really nice. So I'd say I plan my social media a lot. And I also time block, like I don't time batch, but I I use my calendar and I always like send out like my calendar link if anyone wants to like schedule a meeting with me or anything like that. So I'll like have batches where I'm like, I am not taking meetings these days or I'm not doing like, I'm not this time to this time I'll block off to like film a YouTube video. So like no one bother me then, you know? So using my calendar and planning ahead has been the best way for me to do it. But I'm not like a time blocker where I, I'll be like, okay, well, Tuesdays I'm only working on this and Wednesdays I'm only working on that because that just like doesn't work for me. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely can understand that and sort of having, having those boundaries in place, but also sort of having that flexibility with it. And, you know, it's interesting too, cause you started, like you said, you know, back influencing before it was even, you know, influencing. Um, and so do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what transitions have you seen in the influencer space since you first started, you know, till now? Yeah. So the influencer industry has transformed a ton. I think for the fat perverse, maybe I'm not even, first like eight, nine years, like until pretty much now, the past like one or two years, I feel like people have viewed it as a hobby for people and people do not take it seriously and they don't think it's a job. And they're just, you know, it's like, it was, oh, I was always so embarrassed to be like, oh, what do you do for a living? And I'd be like, oh, like I do social media, you know? And I never knew how to answer that because it was like, okay, like what? Like, that's not a job, you know, like you're probably, okay. Your parents are probably still paying for everything, whatever, you know, the assumptions that come with that. And so I just didn't ever think people took it seriously. And I had to, there was always some like education part where I would be like, okay, no, it's actually a business. This is what I do. Now I think people are taking it seriously. And I think more and more people are taking it seriously because more and more people are entering the industry and like being transparent about it. Like, oh no, I make six figures. I make seven figures off of this. And now people are like, oh, okay. Like, I guess it is a legit thing to do. But that's the main transition I've seen in terms of like the industry. With other things, I've noticed that video is obviously huge now. I feel like you have to be on video to like be successful now. Like photos do not cut it. The blogging era is kind of done I think like you really can't just be like blogging on Instagram or blogging on like your WordPress site like you have to have some sort of 
more engaging content like audio or video. Um, and people's attention spans are getting shorter. So <laughs> cutting things down, like obviously I love listening to podcasts, but finding a way to like clip your podcast into 60 second clips and like post those on TikTok and things like that. So I think that that is um, our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. So getting your message across in like a very quick and efficient way is something people need to learn how to do. Yes, absolutely. I definitely agree. And I think that those trends are definitely going to continue on. So it's going to be interesting to sort of see the evolution as we go. And, you know, from a business perspective, let's say someone who is maybe looking to, you know, work with an influencer for their business purpose, do you have any sort of advice on, you know, what they need to know in this space or even, you know, where should they start, you know, if they are looking for that sort of avenue? Yeah, I definitely think now you need to be on multiple platforms. You can't just be on one. Um, And I would say the best way to get discovered today is on TikTok. So I think TikTok is the best platform to gain an audience quicker than any other platform. You are just starting on Instagram and you are just posting photos. You will not find an audience most likely. Like it's going to be really, really hard. You have to get into video and unfortunately, or audio, I think podcasts are actually still like a good way to get discovered if you can bring good guests on and you can go on other people's podcasts. But I do think that TikTok is the best place to start and you need to be in multiple places. You can't just be on one on one place right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That definitely makes sense. And I think that it's, yeah, like you said, it's definitely a, a growing platform and a great way to get discovered. And then, you know, being on those, all those different platforms, I think is definitely important. And, you know, we talked a little bit about too, some of the challenges with starting a business, but on the other side, has there been any really big success moments or sort of highlights that really stand out to you from your journey so far? Yeah. So the biggest thing with Rella that I'm like so proud of is the fact that our community is so strong. I am obsessed with the people that support us, the people that join our focus groups, people that are on our email list that follow us. Like it's the most fun, engaging, kind, supportive like group of people. And usually I don't see that with brands. And I definitely obviously think it's because I have a social media presence. So a lot of like people that know who I am will follow Rella for that. But overall, they've been so receptive to like our team, like Natasha and Gianni are two girls that Natasha is like on all the focus groups. And she posts a lot on like social media. Gianni is on, she's like posts a lot of content for us. So they're very like forward facing and like people know who they are now. And like people will email us and be like, Hey, Natalie and Natasha, like they know both of us. And they're like, we love what you're doing, like blah, 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 you know, and they're so excited and they're, they're so supportive. And I haven't seen other brands with that like supportive of a network around them. Yesterday we had a focus group and we had like 40 people join and, and tell us about like what they like and what they want to see on the app. And that was just so special to me. So I would say that those moments when I actually see people and I hear like, oh yeah, I've been using your app. It's like the best moment ever. Like it could like, yeah, I see numbers and analytics on the back end, but like that doesn't register to me until I actually see them like physically, like I like on a zoom call or like face to face. And that's when I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe like we're building this and like people like it. And there's this community around us. Like, it's just, it's really, really special. Yeah, absolutely. I love to hear that. And I think, I think that's great when there is that community around. And I definitely know what you mean. It's not until you actually can speak with the people on their side to re- like, that's when it's real. And then, you know, like you said too, there with the, on the brand side of it, if there's a sort of brand or business that's looking to work with an influencer, do you have any advice on sort of, you know, where should they start with that or what should they know, um, you know, when starting to look into influencer marketing? 
Yeah. So I think with brands that are trying to get into influencer marketing, I think you can start small. I've only, I feel like more and more times you only see big brands focus on influencer marketing when small businesses can benefit from it too. And I think the best thing to do is research your influencers. Don't just send out like a mass email to a hundred and like see who sticks. Like influencers are businesses themselves and they want to form partnerships that make sense and that are mutually beneficial. So make sure that you are reaching out to the right people that you think really resonate with your brand rather than just sending out like a mass email. Be personable, explain like why you want to work with them. Um, Obviously you can have a template. Everyone has a template, you know, but you know, just like make sure that you know why you want to work with those specific influencers and allow the influencer to be creative. Do not micromanage or you're working with them because you want to connect to their followers and they know their followers better than anyone else. So don't micromanage the campaign, really allow them to be creative with it. Um, And I think that that's where you'll find the most success with like their audience. Yes. I think that's such great advice. And I think that, you know, a lot of really great, you know, tangible tips that businesses can take if wanting to look into influencer marketing. And, you know, I know that you said uh, the app's now launched and, you know, it's, it's really up and running the business. And do you have sort of future plans coming up for your business you'd like to share? Yes. So yesterday on the call, we announced some like future features that we're working on. So one of them is going to be the one that I'm most excited for is the earnings section. You're going to be able to track your earnings, see estimated monthly payments for the months to come, make sure that you're getting paid on time, um, making sure all of that is like very organized so that you know exactly how much money you're making, what's pending, what you're going to be making in future months, breakdown of that, like seeing a really a robust summary of that. And then I'm also just excited for like being more of a management tool. So we're including more features on the management side of things to kind of compete with tools like Notion. So if you are using Notion, we want to replace that and we want you to just use Rella. So we're doing a lot of things like that that's going to really help uh, make it more of like a project management tool for influencers. So I'm really, really excited about that. But definitely sign up for our or like download it on the app store so that you can kind of see those, those new features coming. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited to see all those new features and everything that's to come with your business. And where can people find you and the business online? Yeah. So you can find me at Natalie Barbu across all platforms. And then you can find Rella at Rella Social. Um, and you can type in Rella on the app store. It's available on iOS and Google Play. So if you have an Android or an iPhone, you can definitely check it out. Um, we're launching the desktop version really soon. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, but yeah, you can download it right now. Amazing. And there's one question I always love to ask um, my guests, and that is what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who's thinking of starting a business or maybe just in the early stages of their business? Yeah. So the best piece of advice I would have that's helped me more than anything is network, 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 and talk to as many people as you can. I always thought that networking was like really annoying. I was always like, no one's going to want to talk to me. If I cold email them or if I ask them for help, like that's so annoying. Like I'm not going to do that it has been the most beneficial thing I could ever have done. And I would recommend it to anyone starting a business, network with other founders, network with people that have been there before, network with people who are in similar fields than you. If you're fundraising, reach out to investors and ask them for a call and talk to them and ask for advice. People are so willing to help and you never know what doors open up by the people that you talk to because everything in life, unfortunately, is who you know. Like with business, it is all about who you know. And that's what I've kind of realized with funding. I'm like, oh my God, I just need to get to know people. And then hopefully things like doors will open. But I didn't know a single person when I started this. And now my network 
it's like hundreds of people because I have reached out to literally everyone through a cold email. So, and through a cold DM. So talk to as many people as possible. Yes. I think that's great advice. And also in the business world, I find too, you know, people are open to having those conversations and people do want to help each other out. So I think that networking is definitely, you know, so important for a business or anyone really. And, you know, just to finish off here, I always love to do just a quick rapid fire section. So um, if you just want to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you a business owner looking to establish yourself as an expert in your industry, reach new audiences and build brand awareness, and form more personal connections with your current customers? It seems like a no-brainer, right? But how do you do this? Enter podcasting. The podcast industry has been growing rapidly over the past few years and doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. After starting Made It Happen, I saw the power podcasting can have, and I want to help other entrepreneurs and businesses do the same. Enter Elevate Podcast Co., a podcast agency helping entrepreneurs and businesses have their voices heard and elevate their brand. We support launching and growing podcasts to connect with your audience, build authority, and amplify your business. Through podcast coaching, management, and our portable podcast studio, we will help you reach your podcast goals. You can visit us at elevatepodcastco.com as well as in the show notes and book your free discovery call to learn more. Okay, so owning your own business means? Ooh, owning your own business means freedom, I would say. it's. I think that it's very freeing. Obviously, you have like responsibilities, but I have felt it's very freeing and rewarding. One word to describe your business? Um, stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I feel like in the startup world, it's very, very stressful. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> Um, someone you look up to. Ooh, um, someone I look up to. Okay, this is gonna sound so bad. Whenever you ask, uh, like people ask this question, I literally draw a blank, even though there are so many people I look up to. I would just say anyone who is in the startup space that has, you know, started a successful business. And like, for example, one person that comes to mind is Whitney from Bumble. She's uh, she started when she was in her 20s. She's like the youngest woman to IPO. She just had a baby, you know, like things like that. Like that is someone who is like such an inspiration to me. Yes, I definitely agree. A female owned business. Ooh, I mean, Bumble again, you could say. <laughs> That's the first thing that comes to mind. Rella also. <laughs> uh, a book you'd recommend? Oh, this book is really helpful for anyone starting a business. It's called The Road Less Stupid. I hate the title of it. I think the title is horrible and I don't like recommending it because of the title, but it's actually such a valuable book and it really helps you see like the mistakes people make when they start a business so that you can kind of avoid those mistakes. And it's been one of the most like beneficial books that I could have read. Amazing. I'm definitely going to check that out. A lifesaver for your business. So this could be an app, a platform, a planner, anything like that. Yeah, I would say Slack. I love Slack. I think it's like the best app. <laughs> I use it all the time for my business. Um, a non-negotiable you have is? A non-negotiable I have is, 
I would say treating people with respect. So anytime we work with any, like if we are hiring people, if we're working with anyone, like that is one thing I always look for is like, are they condescending? Are they rude? Or do they think that they're better than anyone? So like humbleness and like treating people with respect, I would say is like the biggest thing I look for when I'm working with anyone or like wanting to form any sort of relationship with anyone. I love that. And the best advice you've ever received. Um, dreams only work if you do. I, that's like always like my key go-to motto. (laughs) That's a great one. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for joining me here today. Um, answering all these questions, sharing your story. And I'm so excited to see everything that's to come with your journey as an entrepreneur and your business. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to Made It Happen podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And thanks again for all your support. I'll see you next week.